Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Nitty Gritty Podcast with the Tom J. Krieger team. This is episode 43, and we are talking about investment pros and cons. Let's get into it. So, Tom. Yeah. Investment pros and cons, two-part series, okay? Yeah. And what I want to do today is I want to focus on the cons with regards to investments. So give me four pointers with regards to cons and investment properties. Okay, well, as we're shooting this podcast, it's the day after the Supreme Court shot down the mandate that um, renters won't have to pay rent because of what we went through in the COVID. Now, whatever side of the political aisle you're on doesn't make a difference. This is the reality of it now that tenants are going to have to start paying the landlords their rents or they're gonna have to leave the properties. The landlords took a lot of risk on during a black swan. That's really what this was, right? So normally, in a normal environment, you don't have this, but you never know in our economy, in our life, when we're gonna have a black swan that affects economics in the United States. So a con recently was, if you were a landlord and you had tenants, and they were probably great tenants, and they worked in an industry that got shut down by this COVID um, masking and you know all of the stuff that went along with COVID-19, they couldn't pay their rents because they didn't have a job. They couldn't get a job. They couldn't get employed. The government stepped in and said, tenants, you don't have to pay and you don't have to worry about being evicted. What I felt the government failed to do was help the landlords who own the property, the property owners that have worked very hard, put their own sweat into the properties, a lot of their own skin in the game. Mm -hmm. uh, they didn't really make it easy for them to try and recover the lost potential income, right? Because the banks, they didn't tell the banks, hey, you don't have to collect this money. Eventually, you're still going to have to collect the money, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's a con. That was a political football that um, the politicians we were dealing with and the politicians that are in charge now were the ones that said, you don't have to pay your rents right now and you don't worry about being evicted. Now, the Supreme Court yesterday said that CDC mandate is illegal and we're not gonna allow you to enforce it anymore. So, the I'm gonna say the investor is breathing a sigh of relief right now yeah. because how long can you carry a property on your own without any support? Well, I, you know, and I also read too that in this mandate, the government were in essence looking at investors who own an investment property as being like the super wealthy, the super rich, and it's okay, you can afford to have a dent in your pocketbook. And that's not necessarily the case. Like, there are people out there who are working class, middle of the road folks who, yes, they may have a second home. Maybe it was their first home they ever bought, they upgraded and they kept it, and it has crippled them. Like, it has really hurt these people. Right, and, and that's what you're saying is the government would just like, we'll help the tenants, but yeah, you own a second home, you must be doing all right. Yeah, the, aver I mean? the average investor, um, quite honestly, doesn't have enough ownership in the property where they don't have a mortgage payment, mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. Even the big players that own 50 units, 100 units, 5,000 units, think about 5,000 units not paying their rent. Yeah. 
that's a huge loss of revenue to pay the debt service on the property. Mm-hmm. So that is a con of, an, of um, investment properties when black swan events happen or political football happens. Let me let me take and transition from that one to number two. Okay, so number one is the political football. Political football that they push around. That's okay. a that's a con. Here's another quote quote political football, but it's another con. The IRS is talking about removing the 1031 tax deferred exchange, commonly known when I was younger as the Starker Exchange. Okay, they're not they're not locked in concrete yet, but I will say that when the IRS starts looking at cutting out deductions, like back in 86, I believe, is when they took out the credit card deductions for their interest, that never came back. If they pull out this 1031 tax deferred exchange so that when you sell the property and the proceeds come, you can't defer those into purchasing another property, you have to pay capital gains on that, it hopefully will at least be a long-term capital gain, all right, uh, you're going to still have to pay the tax, yeah. even if it's a short-term or long-term. Short-term is like short-term capital gains, unless you're you're flipping property quickly, and that's a whole n- another animal. But as an investor, the con that looks like it's coming down the road is the elimination of the 1031 exchange where you can defer your tax. Okay, mm-hmm. that's another con. We're starting to see a lot of people now, we've just listed three homes where the people are so concerned about that, non-owner occupieds, we call them, absentee landlords is, you know, a series of names. They're calling us now and saying, hey, wait a minute, we don't want to lose the potential of deferring these taxes. We're going to sell this property and invest it someplace else that we're not going to use as a rental property. Yeah, so I've personally seen that in the last two weeks with multiple clients where, they have investment properties here in Arizona, but they live out of state. Yep. Maybe they were using it as a snowbird or a winter home or a vacation home, and then they just decided to make it a full-term rental. They're looking to sell those homes now and actually do a 1031 exchange and buy a property that's closer to where they live because that could be a house that they leave to their kids, their grandkids. So they're actually starting to sell these properties from all around the nation and almost kind of gather the ducks back closer to where they are in case this happens. They don't want to be left with properties all over the country that they've got to deal with selling and making huge losses on because they've got to pay this capital gains. Yeah, you know? exactly, Matt. And I want to preface this, always check with your tax advisor and maybe even an attorney. We are not tax advisors. Nope. We are not accountants. We are not attorneys, but we do know something, mm-hmm. okay? Um, you're absolutely correct, Matt. When it comes to... Um, I'm going to call them baby boomers that have retired snowboards here in Arizona. They're starting to sell their investment properties, like you said, and they're buying something closer at home to home. Or here's another thing that's happening. They're starting to buy condos close to universities or townhouses or maybe different um, types of single-family homes so that when the grandson or the granddaughter goes to college, they've got a place to stay. And then in their will or their trust, they decide to um, quick claim deed the property over to the grandchild and no taxes will be paid. Hey everyone, we want to interrupt this episode to let you know that we are a Keller Williams Southern Arizona franchise. Also, we are licensed realtors practicing equal housing.
Now let's get you back to the podcast. So they're buying kitty condos. Yeah. 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 And they're deferring the taxes and eliminating the taxes. So they're looking at they're looking at the rental map in essence, the investment yep. map as more of a instead of a short term three to five year investment, sell and move on, they're looking at ten to fifteen, twenty year investment, sell and hold, and then basically will that property on down the exactly, road. Exactly, exactly. And so you can eliminate the taxes that way too if you do it right. And again, you got to seek attorneys, trusts, and all that. But the, we're giving you the general idea of what uh, a con could be if they take this 1031 away, okay? Um, another thing that we're seeing is the uncertainty, um, the cons of, well, you know, the market's been really good. Um, I don't really want to sell because it'll go up another 17, 18% next year. <clears throat> warning, warning, that isn't going to happen. It's not going up 17% like it did last year. It almost is impossible economically for that to happen. If you look at a 35% increase in the values of property, wages haven't gone up that far. So there, it, there's just no underlying support for the properties to move up. There's more a chance than it, from it moving up like another 17% of increase to more like a four or five or 6% decrease if we get the influx of foreclosures, short sales that a lot of people are talking about. I'm not 100% convinced on that, but that may be another con that we have to look at as an investment property. Okay, prices of homes too right now. So if you look at the uncertainty of, well, what if I buy an investment property and it doesn't appraise? Mm -hmm. Okay, what if all of a sudden landlords are gonna get tenants that just can't pay the rents because they've gone up so high and now they're holding a vacant property for three, four, five, six months. Paying utilities, paying taxes. Mortgages and everything. Yeah. So there's a little bit of a concern, a con there. Now, again, I always, personally, I think if you do it correctly and you're with a really great real estate agent, whether you're here in Tucson, Arizona or someplace else in the United States, you can get the right property as an investment, but there are always risks. That's why there's rates of return, okay? What if we hit another variant that comes out in the COVID or maybe another virus in general, yeah. okay? So those are some of the, uh, again, a con or risk that, that you have. And then um, the last con that most people are afraid of is what if I get a bad tenant, they snowball me, pull the wool over my eye, and they trash my house, okay? They break the windows, they dump concrete in the dishwasher. Um, you don't, you never know, right? Um, I will say to you that that is the most feared con of all investment buyers. What if I get a bad tenant? Because in a day, they can do thousands and thousands and thousands of, of damages on a property. Yeah. So back in 2011, when I first got here, one of the first jobs I had actually was in property preservation for the banks who had got foreclosed properties. Oh, and during it, our wonderful time yeah, in 2008 like two, or 2012? I think between 2011 and 2013 when I was doing that, I, I foreclosed over 2,000 homes here in, in, southern, in Tucson. Yeah. Um, the one thing I found a lot of happening back then was when you know you go knock on the door to see if the home's vacant before you start changing the locks and taking pictures. You know, next thing you know, a tenant opens the front door, 
they have no idea that the property's not into foreclosure. They've been paying their rent checks and the owner hasn't been paying the mortgage. They've been using the tenant's money to keep them afloat in their lifestyle versus paying for the house. And now you've got a tenant who is gonna basically lose the home because it's being foreclosed upon and the landlord's just like, mm, you know. Do you think that's something that tenants should be worried about, especially as we start looking at the numbers and potential foreclosure properties, or sellers having this idea of just selling and getting out of the house? Where do you think the where do you think tenants should be looking at, worried about, and and keeping a check on as a tenant living in a in a rental property? So being a proactive tenant, I would in the lease have every six months for the landlord or every three months quarterly have the landlord show me that his mortgage payment is current that's one Love thing that. you could do that Love just that. i want you to show me the statement's current you're not getting the next rent check until you do going back to what you said about the landlord taking the money but not making the payments the tenant would have recourse for housing costs for them against the landlord. The problem is nobody educated the tenants on doing that. So they could have went after the landlords, sued the landlords for housing mm -hmm. because the landlords basically were committing uh, bank fraud. Gotcha. Okay, they were collecting money and they had the ability to make the payments on that house these people were renting, mm -hmm. okay? They didn't make those payments. It's almost borderlines, in my opinion, opinion again, is that that was theft. Absolutely. It was theft from the tenants of their money to pay for their housing. It isn't to me any different than if I went to the bank and somebody grabbed the cash out of my hand and I was gonna make my mortgage payment and ran down the street, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so it looks like there's a lot of cons with regards to investment owners. Yep. You know, there's a lot of pitfalls that are in the, you know, potentially in the way we've talked about the political football with things moving left to right up and down the field and not really knowing which yard we're on. Right. You've got the to sell or to hold, you know, what's going to happen with the with the, the market. You know, you talked about if the market increase, I'm going to wait to the market to increase another 17% and then sell. Yeah. Well, that's great. You do that. But what if they get rid of the 1031 exchange? You're going to pay more taxes, my friend, yep. on a higher price property. Yeah. And then you've also talked about, again, the 1031 exchange going away. So there's a lot of cons for a, for a landlord or investment property owner to be aware of. Yep. But it also, there's a lot of cons for tenants too. And maybe that's something we'll dig into and do another podcast on is cons, pros and cons for tenants in this market. Because again, if a tenant went in, if a landlord went into forbearance, and hasn't been able to get themselves out of forbearance, that could have a snowball effect with a tenant then being evicted and losing a home. So it, it's a real, it's almost like a cinder box and all you need is just one match and the whole house burns down in essence, not physically, obviously. We don't want that. No. Um, <laughs> we don't want that. Although that is another scam yeah, we could go down. We we're, we're we're not going down that my, buddy in, my buddy in Queens now. <laughs> Um, so lots of great stuff. So guys, what I would suggest is if you are a property owner, an investment property owner, 
Um, it is whether, you're, again, you're here in Tucson, feel free to call us, reach out to us. If you're not here in Tucson, we can connect you with local agents who are versed in 1031 exchanges and know what's going on with the political football. But really, I would say if you're an investment property owner, now is the time to make a phone call, shoot an email, speak to somebody who is knowledgeable in real estate. Also speak to, as you mentioned, an accountant or an attorney who is knowledgeable in 1031 exchanges and use both of these people in your arsenal to either move you forward without getting you in trouble or at least tell you the next steps to take to hold a property and how to do it the safely and the best way, right? When you Absolutely. And and let me share something here bef- before we end our podcast. It's, this is very important to me. Tenants, there are landlord-tenant law protections in every state. Yeah. Whether you're here in Arizona, you're in New York, you're in Wyoming, you're in Florida. There are landlord-tenant laws for both sides of the the equation. So be well-versed in that as a tenant. Be well-versed in those as an investor and as a landlord. Seek advice from a real estate agent, from an attorney, and from a CPA. Those three for sure, and maybe a tax advisor. Okay, a CPA and a tax advisor sometimes are two different hats. Mm-hmm. To be Sometimes they're worn by the same person, sometimes they're just two separate hats. But take the time. And if you don't really know, contact a real estate agent who knows it. And if you don't know a real estate agent, give us a call. You'll see at the bottom of this podcast down here, there'll be a link. You can email us a question or what have you. We'll try and answer it, or we'll at least direct you to where you need to go. Whether you're here in Tucson, Arizona, Scottsdale, um, or you're in Poughkeepsie, Idaho, it doesn't matter. Send us the questions. We'll try and at least answer them, and if we can't, we'll send you to a place where somebody can answer those questions. Good deal. So this has been a great episode all about the cons of an investment property. Make sure you tune into episode 44, where we're going to be talking about the pros of investment uh, properties. This has been Tom and Matt with the TJK team on the Nitty Nitty Gritty Podcast. Why did we name it with such a tongue twister? The Nitty Gritty Podcast. And we will see you on the next episode. Take care, my friends. Hey, thank you for listening and watching the Nitty Gritty Podcast here with the Tom J. Krieger team. If you are thinking about buying a home, selling a home, or even investing in real estate, please reach out to us. We are local here in Tucson, Arizona, but we are also connected to over 4,000 agents across the US. So again, looking to buy, sell, or invest in your hometown, reach out to us and let us connect you.